Okay, welcome everyone to this workshop on using LinkedIn as a researcher. Uh, we've got five minutes, I'll finish exactly on time. So as you can imagine, each to cover. Uh, I will talk quickly. Uh, that be an issue for you. If that's an issue for you, let me know. I'll try to slow down. Uh, we are recording. Uh, the recording will go on YouTube and on the podcast later on. So that um, just be aware of that when you're participating. But feel free to open your mic and open your video, particularly if you have a question that you want to ask. That'll um, make it much easier and much more enjoyable for me and for everyone else. Don't be afraid to jump in and ask questions as I go. Uh, that'll be the best time to ask them rather than waiting for a uh, time later in the event. Uh, there'll be plenty of opportunities to participate. Feel free to do that. I'll try and keep an eye on the chat box as we go. Um, and we'll take it. Try to keep your mic muted. This might be a distraction for others in the background. Great alliance from several. Cool. All right, off we go. So I've got a few slides to show as we go, and I'll switch between presenting the slides and just me. So obviously, hopefully, just a quick thumbs up if you can see that slide. Yep, great, thank you, awesome. Uh, so this is how you get in touch with me. If you're not already connected on LinkedIn, please do that. That'll be a great place to get connected. Uh, otherwise, if you are already connected on LinkedIn, join me on Twitter or YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to see you there. And if you feel like it, send me an email. Let me know how you're going, particularly with lockdown the way it is. Uh, there's, I guess, lots to chat about and then lots to be, um, I guess, worried about or feel stressed about. So if you feel like you want to engage with someone around those issues, feel free to use me for that as well. Uh, I've already mentioned that we're recording. Uh, participation helps. Open your mic and your camera. Time's limited. I talk quick. If you want to take pictures or whatever, feel free to do that. If you're going to share this on social media, feel free to do that as well. But I'd like you to acknowledge the source, so either me or other people who are listed here uh, as um, the uh, owners of the content as I go through. This is me. I started out my um, journey in this um, space as a PhD student at Monash Uni. I then exchanged my suit coat for a lab coat and for my lab coat. And now I help researchers answer the question, what next? Um, so I'd love to know from you all, um, where are you currently at when, in your journey, in your work journey? I've just got a call up there. Cool. 
All right, great. Thank you. So most of you look like your PhD students. I'll share the poll with you now. So hopefully you can see those results. There's a bunch of other people doing a few other different things as well. So I ran a workshop a few weeks ago looking at um, social media in general. And before that, I conducted a poll on what people use. And this is kind of the spread of social media that people use um, in, in research or as researchers. So if I can just ask everyone to mute their mic, please, particularly if you're on another meeting as well as this one. Um, so, sorry, there's a couple of people that aren't muted. I'm just going to try and find them. Cool, awesome. The first people are muted. Thank you. Um, and so this is the spread of the different channels. So you can see the most popular channel for people in that particular group was um, LinkedIn uh, and Facebook, but there were other people using Twitter as well. So LinkedIn is quite common amongst researchers. Why do I think LinkedIn is really, really important? So the first reason that I think uh, LinkedIn is important um, is the, the spread, how used it is by others. So you can see the growth here in LinkedIn audience change over the last year to the end of 20, to the start of 2019. You can see that it had growth compared to other channels having negative growth or no growth at all. There isn't data um, for, um, for obviously 2020 as yet. In terms of how well it's used, it's used across the world. So one of the big things that happens with other social media channels, particularly when we're thinking about um, channels like Facebook or Twitter, that they're blocked in places like China, but you can see it's well used across the world. It gets through the Great Wall of China. Um, and it's also translated into multiple different languages. So if you have the aim of, um, of engaging with a multilingual audience, then LinkedIn is probably going to be better for you than say um, Twitter or Facebook, where it's essentially always in one language. I know you can type in multiple languages, but LinkedIn can actually have your, tra your profile translated into multiple languages. Um, one of the biggest things is that I think is an opportunity in, in, um, in LinkedIn is <clears throat> that even though there are roughly five, more than 500 million users uh, on LinkedIn, only a million of those make posts. And so that means that there's a massive opportunity for you as researchers, as people who are already on LinkedIn to share your content and um, to get more traction. In terms of how well it's used or how many active accounts there are, it's down on the lower side at the moment. Um, you can see Facebook and YouTube uh, definitely way out in front and LinkedIn's down the bottom at about 303 million vis unique visitors um, per month. In terms of um, the how the audience looks in Australia for LinkedIn, uh, there's 11 million LinkedIn accounts. Um, so 56% of adults can be reached via LinkedIn using ads. Um, not that we would not that I encourage people to use ads, but these are ad-based data because the source is Hootsuite who are interested in promoting ads. And you can see the breakdown of males and females is 47% female, 53% male. Um, are there any questions about LinkedIn data or um, why LinkedIn is important? 
Cool. So in terms of using LinkedIn, and this goes for any social media channel, is to you need to know who your intended audience is. So this isn't the people who use LinkedIn. This is the people who you want to uh, connect with when you use LinkedIn. So what we often um, talk about is having an avatar, or you might think about who is your ideal follower or who's the ideal connection that you want to have on LinkedIn. Um, so these are some of the things that you might think about when you're thinking about your ideal follower. So what's their age? What's their gender? Where are they located? What profession are they in? What, you know, their relationship status might be important. Their education status might be important. Their likes and dislikes, what social media channel they prefer. Not just because they're on LinkedIn doesn't mean they might not be somewhere else. What social media content they prefer to look at. Um, when do they use social media? Where do they use social media? Um, and what are they hoping to get from being on social media? So um, is anyone happy to share why they want to use LinkedIn? You can just open your mic and shout it out. I will, Richard. Yeah, go for it. I've used LinkedIn quite a lot as a researcher and just um, generally connecting and networking and I find it's been amazing to find people who contact you because you've got a certain research interest and then they want to collaborate with you. So it's yeah. great for collaboration. It's great. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, and, and even um, for, you know, job opportunities, business opportunities, investment opportunities. Um, yeah. I am very pro LinkedIn. It's it yeah. really well for me. Sure. So um, in terms of the, those uses, so then, you know, you need to then think of a, an avatar that might match each of those uses. So it doesn't have to be the same across all of those uses, but it certainly should match them. Someone's written, why is relationship status important when we're using this for research rather than for personal? So it depends on what you're trying to achieve. So let's say if you're a researcher interested in um, what people currently do like day to day, then maybe their relationship status is important in that. If you talk about relationships as part of your work, then relationship status would be important. If people that you're trying to engage with might need to get permission or um, talk with other significant people in their life, then relationship status is important because then you'll know how you can, you know, potentially, um, describe your work in a way that would make it easy for them to describe it to their partner and why they might want to, you know, join in with you or be part of your project or whatever it um, might need to be. Um, the other thing that I think is really useful here, and I do this for myself is, so I, you know, I answer all of these questions for my ideal follower. But the other thing that I also do is not only have this, but you can name your ideal follower. So they might be called, something like, um, I don't know, researcher um, Roslyn, or they might be called, um, I don't know, statistic Steve, if you're after a statistician or investing Irene, something like that, that helps you remember the name of the person. And the ideal follower might even be an exact person who you've engaged with previously, that you know, those types of people will continue to engage with you into the future. Does anyone need any help or further clarification on that? So just to summarize, the first step in making use of LinkedIn for research is to understand who you want to engage with, basically. So if you want to engage with other researchers, know what over. If you want to engage with people who might be industry partners, know what industry and know how or why 
they are going to partner with you. And it can't be just because you're an awesome researcher. It would need to be um, not just to solve a problem, but it would need to be to solve what problem, in what way, in what time frame. Coolio. So the next thing, I'm going to present some data on how um, social media in general and more specifically LinkedIn is used. And this again can help you work out the kinds of content that, and when you might post content to LinkedIn and share and like, etc. So social media is quite ubiquitous across, across the world, um, more common in some places than other. Uh, and you can see 57% of the um, Oceania population currently use LinkedIn. Um, and it, like I said, it varies across the world. Not sorry, social media rather than LinkedIn. Again, like I said before, it's not the most popular social media channel, um, it, and there are others more popular out there. But I, I think LinkedIn is the best when it comes to talking about your work, whether that's research work or non-research work. Um, age spread. So if you think about if your if your um, target age group was thirteen to seventeen year olds, then using LinkedIn or using social media in general is probably not a good thing. If your target age group is you know over forty five and perhaps even you know over fifty five, then again you might not um, think that um, using social media is the best way to engage them. In terms of how social media is used. Um, this year means actually last year, 2019, you can see 18% of Australians, the data on the right is Australian data, 18% of Australians were on LinkedIn. Um, and you can see for American data, uh, you've got something like 25% of people in 2018 were on LinkedIn. Um, obviously, people are on multiple social media channels. So as I showed you at the start of this, researchers are on multiple channels and so are the people that we want to engage with. So if you're on another channel as well as LinkedIn, just be mindful that if you post the same content to both channels, you might be sending the same content to all the same people all of the time and that can be an issue. So I would encourage you to um, uh, make your content specific to the channel that you're using. And then that goes back to the avatar that you might create and also goes back to the restrictions of the platform. I think a lot of researchers um, are on Twitter as well as um, considering using LinkedIn. And so you might use Twitter to engage more of your researchers than your, um, and LinkedIn to get, engage industry partners or even look for it for, for job search. Uh, be mindful when you're making content that it probably needs to be mobile friendly. Uh, more and more people are, are watching social media using their mobile rather than a desktop device. And that just means a whole bunch of things, which I'll come to in a second. So if you're in on the mobile phone, you know, it means it's easier to take that into the bedroom or on public transport or probably at your work um, in the bedroom on public transport and work are probably three situations where being loud or having loud audio is a problem. And so, rather than having audio specifically, you might have um, subtitles on all of your posts. So it's worth considering when you create content, how it can be consumed in these different settings. And these are Australian data from 2018. Um, as I said, these are the different, these are the breakdowns within the house where social media is used. Um, so you can see if you're using social media in the lounge or in the living room, there is the potential, um, again, for disrupting others who might also be in there. So creating content that can be consumed without being distracting is important. 
Um, if you're keen on getting into um, uh, interacting with small businesses, businesses don't tend to be as on social media as individuals. So again, if you think about your avatar and you want to engage with um, potential um, users of your content, uh, sorry, potential industry partners, maybe your avatar needs to focus more on the CEOs rather than the, um, the, the business itself. Um, so like this is, relates to the businesses that are on LinkedIn as well. Does anyone need any help or support around who's on LinkedIn and how that might relate to their avatar? No, cool. So I talked in the post um, advertising this about positioning partners and projects. And I think these three things are the reasons why I encourage researchers to get on LinkedIn. So positioning is about being the expert Partners is about getting industry partners or about getting uh, research partners. And obviously the kinds of projects that you're after as well are really important to make that clear in what you're posting about. Um, LinkedIn, like much of the internet is a bit like a shopping center. You can go on window shop for who you like. So, you know, one of the reasons why you might walk into a shop is because what you see in the window is something that you like. Uh, and the same is true on LinkedIn. If you're going past people's profiles because you've done a search of say Google, or you've done a search of say, um, uh, um, LinkedIn itself or other, um, other, other parts of the internet, you might identify someone who looks similar to you or is behaving the same way that you are. So you might um, decide to, you know, walk in essentially, you know, try the stuff on. And so on LinkedIn, what you're trying to do is make your profile look like something that someone else would want to come and look at. And that might be a whole range of things It might have keywords that they are after. So again, this goes back to your avatar. What's your avatar interested in? What are the keywords that need to appear in your profile, in your descriptions, in your summaries, in your job descriptions, all of those things, or in your exp work experience sections, those are the things that um, you need to think about in terms of the keywords that you use and what your avatar might be interested in reading about. Um, so in that respect, it's a bit like a mirror. What, what you put into your profile will reflect what you get back. So it's really important that you think about who you want to engage with your profile and, and make your profile kind of like a mirror to that. Um, in that respect, again, it's LinkedIn is a lot like a search engine and lots of recruiters particularly use LinkedIn as a search engine. So they search for keywords and to find individuals who have those keywords in their profiles. Um, in the past, skills and experience used to be a major driver of those things. Increasingly, the posts that you make and the summary section of your profile are what's more important for driving um, uh, people to your um to your LinkedIn profile. In terms of positioning, some of the things that are really important with that is the way that you describe yourself. So um, we worked with some people at the Royal District Nursing Service here in Victoria, and um, they talked about care at a distance, and they talked about um, falls prevention. And as a result of that, those keywords, distance care and falls prevention, resulted in um, interest from mining companies. Um, yeah, the recording will be available, made available later. Yes. Um, there'll be, um, so the RDNS had, um, interest from mining companies and although they did not want to necessarily collaborate with a mining company, the idea, the, the keywords that they chose were really, um, 
resulted in those kinds of interests. So note that um, the avatar you create could potentially drive interest in a particular direction, but keywords you use or the absence of keywords um, might drive interest from particular entities as well that you might not have originally thought of. And so you could become known as the expert in something, even though you don't consider yourself necessarily that that expert. Um, and that may be true. It might just be that you haven't considered that previously or it may be untrue and then you need to modify your profile and, you know, whatever, decline the offers of people to work with um, you if you get offers that you're not interested in. Um, in terms of partners, so one of the easiest things to do on LinkedIn is this thing that I did at the start of this um, recording, which was to say, um, connect with me on LinkedIn if you're not connected with me on LinkedIn already. And then if you are connected, connect on another social media platform. And so I know lots of people who then kind of use their LinkedIn as a way of keeping track of all the people that they've worked with in the past. If you're a student now in either undergraduate or in PhD, um, I would definitely look and see if you can connect with all the people that are in your current cohort. Those people will be your future peers. They'll be the people that potentially hire you they'll be the people that are potentially interested in collaborating with you and LinkedIn is a really easy way of keeping track of them um, particularly around their professional life uh, into the future and lots of people that I know um, so in the past LinkedIn used to discourage connecting with people that you didn't know um, outside LinkedIn um, I think that's really changed and certainly I believe you should connect with with essentially connect with strangers on LinkedIn that doesn't mean that you should accept all connection requests but i think it does mean that what you should do is um when someone who is a stranger asks to connect with you uh, you might write them a message and say look i don't really know you um you know why would you like to or what interested you in my um, linkedin profile to begin with and that's a useful way of starting a conversation uh, i like to think of linkedin as a bit like being at a conference um, and the posts that you make are kind of like making a presentation at a conference or either a poster presentation or or a talk um, and so uh, you or uh, might watch this presentation. So you might see someone's post and that might encourage you to introduce yourself, i.e. make a connection, or you might make a post or like something or share something that might encourage someone else to connect with you. And you, you wouldn't um, say no to a stranger coming up to you at a conference and saying, can we have a chat? So I think you should adopt the same kind of um, process for, for LinkedIn. The final thing, that LinkedIn can help with is projects. So I mentioned before the RDNS um, mining company example um, and ones where this has worked, you know, successfully where the two parties have been happy to work together. People have posted around the projects that they're currently working on, on LinkedIn. So they've taken their current research paper or their current research grant, described it in a way that is accessible to a wider audience than just other people interested in their research. And they've had new interest generated on LinkedIn from that and then that has resulted in the creation of projects that wouldn't otherwise have um, happened. So I've had people have that in biomedical science, in um, geographic positioning, in a whole range of different areas. So it is definitely possible to get new projects, new research projects with funding uh, via LinkedIn. Are there any questions on that? Cool. None. 
if you've got a question, just feel free to open your mic and ask it. Right, so onto the actual profile itself. So the first thing that your profile should have is good imagery. So the opportunity to add default imagery is in the banner. So in this example here, this is the banner. Uh, someone's asked a question, is there an area on LinkedIn to advertise for projects? Um, so you can't, not specifically, you can't say specifically in a section on your profile, I'm looking for work in this space, but you can create posts that talk about the kinds of projects that you're interested in, the kinds of work that you're interested in. Um, so you can let your contacts know that you're interested in projects. So the first thing that you need to do, I think, is with this banner image is upload something that puts you into a appropriate um, professional light. So for me, because I describe myself as a speaker, author and trainer, this shows me in this case speaking um, at an event. The next thing that you need to do is make sure that your headshot um, is representative of you. So again, this shows my headshot, um, me outside. This is generally how I dress and how I look. Um, and so for you as a researcher, that could be a range of different things. So if I go back um, to um, the previous slide, this is David. This is his, at some point, I don't know if it is now, I haven't looked, but this is his shot on LinkedIn. He's a biomedical researcher. He works at, um, or he did work at this time at the Latrobe Institute for Molecular Science. Uh, and so something like this is entirely appropriate for you as a researcher to have you captured there. So someone just responded to the question around where you can promote projects. I was going to get to that as well. So the next bit of, so does anyone have any questions about the profile pictures or the pictures that are in the banner shot? Um, so the next bit that's really important. So that those pictures will will engender you to your potential people who come along. So if your picture doesn't look like you, you want you to present yourself, you need to change it. Um, so the next bit is how you describe yourself. So you can see I, so in the name section, I've actually typed DR as my name. So my name in LinkedIn is Dr. Richard Heisman's. Some people put comma PhD. Again, you'll have to edit your name in order for that to, to be the case. So then it'll be Heisman's comma PhD will be in my case, the last name, but you might do the same thing. And then the kinds of things that you do here. So link the default setting on LinkedIn is for this bit to be your current role. So let's say you are an ECR at a university and you type in ECR at university, that'll be what appears here. My view is you don't want that to be the case. If you don't, so what you've got to think is how are people going to find me? Are they looking for ECR at university or are they looking for an expert in um, social sciences or are they looking for an expert in nursing or are they looking for an expert in um, whatever it is that you might be expert in? So think about how you would put your stuff in here. So you might put in here trainer, you might put speaker, you could put author as well. Um, and 
so that you need to think about how people are looking for you and, and are your kind of ex, the kind of expertise that you're hoping to attract or position yourself as. Um, this here is my website. Your, you can put your own website there. You can put um, the university webpage perhaps that you're part of. Um, and then this here, contact info, I would make sure that this, you, when you click on that, you can edit that for yourself and you can put in like an email address and a phone number to the extent that you're happy for people to be able to contact you. This is a really easy way to allow that to happen. Are there any questions on this bit? The next most important part to focus on is the, it's the about section or the summary. So this is my summary. So there's lots of different ways to write this. So the way that I've chosen to write mine and you can use the same thing is a stat relating to the avatar that I'm interested in. Then a small section on what I focus on and how I've helped people then a small section on who I work with. And you can see here, there's titles of different people that I've worked with. And so you would do the same thing. What are the, what with your avatar, what's the role title that your avatar might have? <clears throat> Cause they, what you want is for them to read this and find themselves. And what you want for this bit is for people to use keywords that, then help you get found. So we've talking about here funding, we've got strategy, researchers, careers, entrepreneurship, academia, grant, collaboration, industry. And then there's another section here where you can talk about what you can help with. So someone asked before about, can you talk about the projects that you want to work on? You might not say, I want to work on this project, but you can put, you can, I can help with and put it in here. Richard, may I ask you a question here? You sure can go ahead. Um, sometimes I saw people put in, in first person, sometimes they, they put themselves in third, third person when he's speaking mm -hmm. about themselves. Mm -hmm. What do you prefer in this section? Uh, uh, when you talk about third person, it gives you more gravitas generally. Okay, okay yeah. understood. Yeah, but if Thank you're you. not comfortable doing that, then put it in first person. The problem with first person is that if you read lots of I, 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 it can come across as narcissistic when it isn't. Okay, okay, understood. Thank you. No problem. Um, then the next part talks about um, what happens when you work with me. Then I've got a little bit about my record. And if I skip to the next page, <clears throat> so like I said, my record and then who my clients are. So again, this is, this idea of do I, where do I see myself? Do, can I see myself in your profile? So then you've got the universities and whatnot that I've worked with. And then if you've got enough space, so this is 2000 characters, I think was the limit last time I checked. Um, you have a potentially some kind of um, comment or compliment that you've received or what people have said about the, the work that you do. Obviously you need their permission to use this. 
And then I know we've already talked about making sure your contact details are there, but that you can see my contact details are again in the summary. And I'm even thinking about making this at the top of my summary because people still can't find this contact information off my LinkedIn profile, even though it's here and in the bit that says contact. And you want to make that as easy as possible for people to get in touch with you. So making it as high up in the whole thing as possible can help. Are there any other questions around the summary? So obviously if you're connected with me on LinkedIn or even if you're not, you can jump on my summary and don't copy and paste the content, but feel free to read the, the format and emulate the format. So as people talked before about the jobs and experience section. So this is where you get to put this stuff in. There was a question with for one of the attendees about how to frame this section. So again, this comes back to your avatar and the keywords that you want to use. Um, and depending on how um, fastidious you are, you might rework this entire section every time you're looking for someone different, or you just might not worry about it too much and know that when you typed about your current role or your recent roles, that you used keywords that were relevant to your current avatar and the main things that you make um, relevant to, you know, to today, are the, all the posts that you make and all of the, um, what's in your summary. <clears throat> So here is an opportunity to put in the different things that you've done. Obviously you can link to websites, you can link to um, video content that you might've created. And again, um, for your most recent role in particular, I would strongly encourage you to put keywords in that relate to your avatar. If you are a PhD student, I would encourage you to put your PhD in experience and perhaps also, and as well as education, or if you're a graduate of a PhD, I'd encourage you to put it in both. Um, particularly if you're looking for roles outside academia, where the understanding of what a PhD is and how it works and how it operates isn't um, well understood. Um, and that putting it in the experience section allows you to expand on that rather than just having one line in your education that says, um, I've done a PhD. <clears throat> Linking to well-known companies is useful. Again, it makes you more easy to be found. So someone might be looking for you, for you as an alumnus. I had a call from an um, alumnus where I went to uni, which is at Monash, um, and they're looking at ways of engaging their alumni. And so if you want to be found by other alumni, then making sure that you have, you know, your education and your previous workplaces um, correctly updated is a useful way of um, making yourself easy to be found in that regard. We also talked before about the um, projects. So you can hear for me, because I, these aren't front and center, I've set it up in my profile just to be listed. You know, you can see here just a series of dot points. This is all expandable though. So if someone comes to my profile, they can expand this all out and see. And the same is for my public, the same is true for my publications that these are just listed as dot points. And then if you want to expand on it, you click on it and you can get more and more information. Um, if you're a researcher, I would encourage you to put your publications in here. I would encourage you to tag your collaborators as authors in here. And I would encourage you to make something like eight to 10 posts for every single journal publication you are a listed author on. A useful way of promoting your work. And I'm not talking about eight to 10 posts that are identical. 
Um, I'm talking about eight to 10 posts that pick out different features of your article. It could be the reagents you use, the methods you used, the, um, the people that focused on the work. It could be a story behind the work. It could be intro. It could be um, the, obviously the results, the discussion, the conclusion, all of those things can be short posts in and of themselves that then say, and if you want to read about the entire project, here's the article. Are there any questions about that? Uh, yes. Go Hi. For it. Hi. Um, would that uh, be like a conflict of interest with the journal article that you already have a publication? Like, can I do that on LinkedIn without kind of getting in, pro in trouble? Can I? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you can for sure you're not you're not taking anything away from the article so you're not copying and pasting the content of the article no. you're putting a summary so let's talk about yeah if your abstract has you know we found um that um pregnancy resulted in um reduction in people's um mental health but an increase in people's physical health so you might just put that that might be the summary of the post that you put on linkedin um and then you'll link to the article, but the linking for the article, it's got the title. You can put the abstract in all the stuff that's publicly available can go in LinkedIn. There is no reason why it can't go there. So, you know, I use PubMed a lot with my clients. And so, you know, so often abstracts are in PubMed along with the digital object identifier. And then, you know, if you can have a link to a free PDF download, that's okay as well. It's not a conflict okay. at all. Yeah. Right. If you're, okay. if you're posting the fully designed article, um then and and your article otherwise is behind a paywall then that is um obviously going to contravene the agreement you signed with the publisher but if if they've agreed to make it freely available in a um a public repository i think there are lots now and you know different universities have their own then that's an okay way to share the content yeah. Um, how do you best determine the keywords to include? So I think the, the best way is to, um, well, try to think for yourself, what are the keywords that have been, I've used in my grants? What are the keywords that I've used in my publications? Um, if I'm thinking about my avatar, what do I want them to collaborate with me about or over? Um, and get specific. And if you can't think of what might happen in the future, think about what might've happened in the past and what you enjoyed and what were the keywords involved in that piece of work and make sure those appear in your summary. And then ultimately, I'm going to get to this in a second, in your posts. Uh, also a quick question. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so I was just wondering if we can also include our co-author publications. Yeah, of course. So these publications that are in my list here, um, only one of them, I think, is a first author. The rest are all co-authored. And, and you can, there's an opportunity in the publication section to put the author list in um, order as well. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I want to add, uh, I want to ask a question. Like, if I want to uh, put as much as I want, is that okay? No, I wouldn't reproduce the entire article in the publication. That would definitely be getting close to... Um, or if not, um, voiding your agreement with the um, publishing company. Is that what you're asking? Yep. Yeah. Also, can I uh, add a free pub, uh, the, the submission version in a repository and then give the link? Yes. 
Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so in terms of content that you post, you need to find the sweet spot between what you like to post, what the channel is happy or currently focused on and the preferences of your avatar. So if you feel like you've got a good face for radio, then maybe video is not something or where you're on video isn't the right thing to do, but you can do video content where you might talk to a PowerPoint slide and never have your picture up there. And that might be a way of having content that's video because at the moment video content is quite popular. It might allow you to be, you know, create some stuff that people would like to see and they would be happy to look at that kind of content. So that's what you need to think about. Like I said, currently video is really popular. And if you can get stuff that's native to the channel, so all channels, including LinkedIn, like content that was created in their individual platform, but certainly uploading links or uploading videos, um, links to videos or videos themselves are okay as well. And LinkedIn does a good job of like, if you share a, a YouTube link, LinkedIn does a good job of embedding that video in it, in your post. So LinkedIn is more than just getting your summary right and your history right. It's not a, re a digital resume. You need to think of it as like any other social media. If you don't participate, you won't get the rewards out of LinkedIn. Does anyone have any questions or comments on that? Well, so finally, um, like I said, you've got to use it. So share content. So a lot of times when I'm working with researchers, an easy bit of content to share, let's say you were reading an article this week and you enjoyed some part of the article, you might write, I, you know, I like this because here's a link to the article. And then you might, if you know the author and you're already connected on LinkedIn, you might tag them. If you don't know the author and, and or you're not connected on LinkedIn, you might seek them out and connect with them and tell them that you like their article and then share and, and tag. Um, obviously you can share your own content as well. Like I already talked about like other people's content. So that's the equivalent of applauding at the end of um, someone's presentation. You don't have to applaud everyone's presentation, but if you're not finding content that you like, then chances are you're not following the right people. So follow some more people, connect with more people so you can find content on LinkedIn that you like and, you know, like and comment on people's content. Someone said before about, um, you know, finding projects. One of the best ways to do that is to comment on posts that relate to the projects that you're interested in working on. Original content does heaps. It shows that you're a leader. It shows that you can communicate. It shows um, that you are confident in the way you present yourself. So don't be afraid to post original stuff around your own work. So not just saying here's someone else's work. That's good. Post your own work. Like I said, at the start of this, ask for connections. So if you're at the front of a lecture theater or the front of a group like this, let people know that you're on LinkedIn and they should connect with you. Um, be open to connect with others. Make sure you check LinkedIn regularly. I would encourage people at least to get on weekly and make sure you respond to all messages on LinkedIn as well. It's a bit like someone talks to you and you don't respond to them that like, you know, obviously that's not um, polite, but the one thing that I can tell you right now is not on LinkedIn. A lot of people won't respond to messages for whatever reason. And so don't get upset when you write to someone and they don't respond back to you that for whatever reason, um, that's common on LinkedIn. And I think it's probably because people don't log on frequently enough. 
Are there any questions on ongoing use of LinkedIn? Cool. Um, so that's been a whirlwind tour of LinkedIn. Um, I've got some stuff that might help you as a researcher or as using social media. Um, so I'm going to <clears throat> Uh, so I've got a few programs. I'd like you to fill out this, the poll here, just to let me know what you're interested in. So journal writing and thesis writing, that's been really useful for people to get their thesis written or their journal article written. So if that's something that you're interested in, let me know and I can send you some info. Um, I'm also starting a social media group. So uh, at the start of next year for the first 12 weeks or so we'll focus on creating 12 months of content in 12 weeks so if you're interested in joining that group um let me know i've got a bunch of other things as well there i've got a book around working with industry as an academic if you're interested in a copy of that shoot tick that box um i coach people we've got 12 months coaching um that the next intake will happen in uh, january so if you're interested in that let me know one-to-one um, -one coaching as well, if you're interested in that, or if you want just a one-off hit, let's say, you know, for me to look at your resume or take a closer look at your LinkedIn as well, let me know and I can let you um, show you how I do that and um, we can work together on some of those things. And if you're not interested in anything at all, that's okay. You don't need to fill anything out. This is, um, I'm not trying to push anything on you. Uh, Richard, could I ask a question? Quickly? You sure can. Um, looking, looking at using LinkedIn uh, for a research centre as opposed as, a, as an individual, mm -hmm. is there anything you could add quickly about um, where you might expand on that? Yeah, I think it's what do you want to achieve? I guess a key achievement for them would be to increase um, industry partners, mm -hmm. attract further grants, funding, etc., yeah, I as well as attracting new members to the center. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> everything. Um, yeah. Everything. I think that you're better off empowering your existing membership to use LinkedIn. Okay. Than, so encouraging everyone to connect yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what I've seen other centers do is not have a center focused page, but to create content that they send out to other people. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. Um, and that makes it really easy for people to share content related to the center. And okay. then you might create a, a center page that doesn't do anything other than let people know that they can be affiliated with it and how to get in touch with the center. So the center wouldn't create content in that regard. And that makes okay. it much easier. Okay, great. Thank you very much. No problem. Any other questions? Cool. If there's no other questions, um, thanks everyone who filled out the poll. I'll get in touch with all of you that did. Like I said, this is recorded, so we'll send out the recording once we're done. Um, and um, yeah, I'll be in touch. And next week we're looking at um, using, I think, using MS Word to write your thesis. Uh, if that's something that interests you, um, you can register that. Then the next few weeks, we're looking more and more at social media. So there's Instagram and then a few weeks after that, there's um, Facebook as well. And there's a 
a couple of other workshops that I've done already covering those. So if you're interested, jump onto the YouTube channel and check them out. Thanks everyone. Take care. Thank Bye. you, Richard. Appreciate it. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.